What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, it's Dr. Will Cole. This podcast is the manifesto for a new breed of health seekers. This is the art of being well. What's up and welcome to The Art of Being Well. I am a leading functional medicine expert. I get to consult people around the world via webcam and I'm a New York Times bestselling author. I wrote Intuitive Fasting, which is my newest book, and The Inflammation Spectrum and Ketotarian. If you wanna learn more about my clinical work, the telehealth center, the books, and that's lots of free resources there for you as well. You can check it all out at drwillcole.com. That's D-R-W-I-L-L-C-O-L-E.com. And I have a brand new book coming out and you can pre-order it right now. And it's all about what we're going to talk about in today's episode or a concept within our clinic, which is what the books are an outpouring of what I get to see clinically. It's called Gut Feelings. It's a play on words because we're looking at the bi-directional relationship between our thoughts and emotions and physical health. And mental health is not separate from physical health. Mental health is physical health. That's what today's episode's about. But before we get into today's episode, we are giving away free signed books. So anybody, no matter when you listen to this episode, every month, all you have to do is head on over to Apple Podcasts and rate and review The Art of Being Well. Tell us what you love about the show and every month we'll be randomly picking winners. So you, you can do it two different ways. You can leave your Instagram handle on the Apple Podcast Review, and we'll go through the reviews every month and pick winners randomly. Or you can message me on Instagram at Dr. Will Cole, or actually you could do it. You really can't screenshot on TikTok, I guess, right? That's not a thing, right? Let's just stick with Instagram. At Dr. Will Cole on Instagram, and we'll be going through the messages there too, my team and I, and we'll be picking winners every month. You can pick the book of your choice, and I'll send it to you personally. So let's get in today's episode. Pretty much every month, there is an entire episode devoted to this concept that we see play out and every patient that we love and we get to clinically monitor them and coach them and guide them. Mental health is physical health. The fact that mental health isn't separate from physical health. Our brain is a part of our body. So you're gonna get an insider's look at our functional medicine telehealth center and with tips and tricks and actionable steps, research of how to deal with both sides of this coin, both the physiological and the psychological and interplay between the two. To help me out with this granular conversation about specific topics, we have Andrea, my 
chief functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner. She's been with me for 3,000 years. She's Methuselah. 13, but yeah. <laughs> She's Methuselah on earth today. And we're immortal. We're basically immortal. I feel like we've been working together forever. It's been 13 years coming up in a few months. <laughs> I mean, but if 3,000 sounds better, <laughs> cool. I look great for 3,000 years old then. <laughs> anyway, so she's she's coming from the how does physical health impact mental health, meaning how does it impact our mood and our energy levels and hormones and like just how we feel on an emotional level. And then on the other side of this coin, we have Candace, who is the mental health expert. She's dealing, she's gonna tell us how can mental, emotional, and spiritual things impact physical health and what are some tools we can do in this side of things. Yep, right, getting Candace? to the heart of the matter. Yes. So let's dive into it. Today we're gonna talk about something that we see play out in patients' lives a lot. And let me give the caveat that I have to give in every one of these episodes. There's a lot of variables beyond the scope of this episode. So we we will not go down rabbit. We decided it was rabbit holes. Doesn't feel natural to me. Rabbit tra trails really where my heart goes. But anyways, we won't go down these vortexes of diving down to all the variables because we'll be here all day. So let's talk about specific topics and get focused, get granular and action actionable tips. So today's conversation is about FODMAP intolerance. It's a funny acronym. We see it a lot. <laughs> we see it a lot. And it's no joke. FODMAP is an acronym that stands for fermentable oligosaccharides, disaccharides, monosaccharides, and polyols, which are all fermentable sugars that are in foods. So FODMAP intolerance is an intolerance to these fermentable sugars Intolerance, by its very definition, is not really immune-mediated, meaning it's just the body's not digesting it very well. There's not proper either bacteria or enzymes or not the proper breaking down of it. That's different than a sensitivity or an allergy or, or an immune-mediated reactivity. Similar to like a lactose intolerance is lacking lactase. There's a reason why someone has FODMAP intolerance. Now look, with FODMAP intolerance, there are definitely immune-mediated components to this. This is not just an enzyme deficiency. What typically drives FODMAP intolerance is something called SIBO, which is another acronym. We love our acronyms in functional medicine. This is small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, bacteria growing from the large intestines where it should be into the uh, small intestines where it shouldn't be. And it's basically weeds overgrowing in this gut garden that loves to have and the sugars within these higher FODMAP foods. There is nothing wrong with these higher FODMAP foods inherently. They are, most of them are healthy whole foods. So I do not want to demonize these foods as the problem. It's the body's reaction to these foods. So we have to heal why you have FODMAP intolerance in the first place so you can reintroduce these foods. And that's what we do with patients all the time. So I'm not advocating someone to just avoid higher FODMAP foods forever and ever because you're not fixing the problem of why you had the problem in the first place. So SIBO, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, is a dysbiosis or an imbalance in the microbiome. It's typically driven by something called, it's a, or a decrease in something called migrating motor complex or MMC, which MMC from a 90s kid standpoint is Mickey Mouse Club. <laughs> Justin Timberlake, Christina Aguilera, Britney Spears. Remember that? Notebook what? guy. Why Ryan Gosling. Ryan, oh, right. Ryan Gosling. I don't want to digress too much. I totally to go, lost his I name. I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. 
<laughs> Not rabbit trail. But anyways, this is a different MMC. Again, another acronym that we love um, where it, you have this innervation between your gut and your brain, i.e. what we're talking about between mental health and physical health and what I'm talking about in my new book, Gut Feelings. You can pre-order it now, shameless, shameless plug. But let's talk about this, some symptoms of people with FODMAP intolerance. Most common ones are, let's jump in, I'll let Andrea fill in the blanks here. What are some common symptoms for someone that has a FODMAP intolerance? Well, I mean, it can run the gamut of different things. Some of the most common are going to be digestive, bloating, decreased bowel movements. You can see constipation a lot with this and that constipation can increase SIBO issues in and of itself. I would say both IBSC and IBSD. (laughs) True. Constipation, you're right, is probably the more common one, but we see reactive looser stool diarrhea and constipation, but sorry. No, you're fine. Bloating, distension, gas, even a bad breath. But if we're talking about other issues, definitely poor sleep is at the top of it. I would see people who have bad sleep, anxiety, brain fog is another big one, whether that's just retention, recall, a general feeling of fogginess, that they're just, it's cloudy thinking. Those are things that people mention. So from physiological standpoint, that's what we're going to see. It's It can be both Gut and brain issues are the two top tier issues. Yeah, because our gut, as most of you who listen to this podcast know, your gut is your second brain. 95% of serotonin is made in the gut and stored in the gut. 50% of dopamine is made in the gut, stored in the gut. Our gut and brain are formed from the same fetal tissue as when babies are growing in their mother's womb. So the gut is your second brain. If you think about it, the intestines even resemble the brain and they're inextricably linked through the gut-brain axis. So if you're talking about SIBO or bacterial imbalances, there's a lot of studies in the scientific literature looking at different colony imbalances or dysbioses that impact neurotransmitter production. They impact serotonin, they impact dopamine, they impact these neurotransmitters, which can impact your mood. So SIBO is very much associated with different mood issues. And then many people will say, what came first? Was it my mood issue or my gut issue? And that's what this conversation is all about, the chicken or the egg, because it's going to be different for different people because it's bi-directional. For some people, it is the mental that impacts the physical. For some people, it's physical impacts the mental. And that's what we really want to explore in these conversations. So- The common tests that we would typically run for people that have SIBO issues is a SIBO breath test. It measures hydrogen and methane. There's a third type of of SIBO called hydrogen sulfide. Basically, the main types is hydrogen-dominant SIBO or methane-dominant SIBO, and we can measure the excess gas. You breathe into this bag, basically, and we would ship the lab to you, and then you would take the test at home, and then you would send it out to the lab, and then we would get the results, and we would be able to see if the body is producing higher levels of hydrogen or methane that is released from the bacteria. So basically, the bacteria is eating what you eat, and if they're consuming these fermentable sugars, then releasing hydrogen and methane, which is what's driving the bloating and the IBS issues or the acid reflux or the GERD issues, because what's happening is in part called hypochlorhydria, decreased hydrochloric acid, the whole pH balance of your microbiome is off, which is really part that this hospitable environment in which SIBO can exist. So the second brain is going through some things and that's impacting your first brain. That's impacting your mood. That's impacting things like anxiety and depression and mood swings and irritability. And some researchers even have found 
and, and, and certainly this is clearer in, in our world, SIBO is associated with different autoimmune issues. It's associated very much in the scientific literature with Hashimoto's or autoimmune thyroiditis. It's associated with things like rheumatoid arthritis, RA, which is another autoimmune issues. So with, no one's going to disagree that it's associated with many autoimmune issues. But what I find fascinating is there's evidence to show SIBO may have an autoimmune component in and of itself. So we maybe in a year's time, we'll even classify SIBO as an autoimmune issue, like a gastrointestinal autoimmune issue, similar to ulcerative colitis or Crohn's disease. So that's fascinating. And certainly people that have Crohn's and ulcerative colitis can also have SIBO too. So it's something called polyautoimmunity, people that have more than one autoimmune type problem. Have you ever tried Athletic Greens? Man, I'm sipping on some right now. I love this stuff. It is an amazing product. And I not only love it myself, but I recommend it to patients as well. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day off right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, aging, all the things. It's lifestyle friendly, no matter how you eat, keto, paleo, vegan, high carb, low carb, it doesn't matter. It's dairy-free, it's gluten-free. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything while still tasting really good. AG1 is a small micro habit with big benefits for you. It's one thing you can do every single day to take great care of yourself. Your subscription of Athletic Greens comes with a year's supply of vitamin D, which is so important to add in these winter months when we don't get as much sunlight. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's all you have to do. It's very simple. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you, again, this free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D. When I'm looking at labs for patients, vitamin D deficiency is commonplace, and you can really support it very easily with this year supply of vitamin D, which you need not only for immune support, but energy, mood, all the things. It helps regulate inflammation levels. I could go on and on. It's, it's responsible for thousands of different pathways. They're also gonna give you five free travel packs of Athletic Greens with these 75 whole foods, source superfoods, vitamins, minerals, all the things you need. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash willcole. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash willcole to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Our bodies are always busy. In fact, at any given moment, cells are both breaking down molecules for energy and using energy to build new molecules. Wild, but that's how metabolism works, my friends. If you want to keep these processes running as smoothly as possible, consider adding peak to your routine. These teas are blended with other functional plants specifically designed to support metabolism, gut health, digestion, all while helping to ease bloat and curb sugar cravings. Whether you're intermittent fasting or not, I love using these teas. When I'm breaking a fast, during my fast, when I'm eating food, just this is my peak tea protocol. Let me break it down for you. In the morning, I'm having the bergamot black fasting tea because I'm doing some time compressed feeding, or my favorite is the Earl Grey tea from Peak. These teas are gentler on an empty stomach, kickstarts my energy without any crashes or jitters. Black teas have antioxidants that feed good gut bacteria and bergamot, the polyphenols 
that's in these teas, it supports mood. Around lunchtime, I'm typically breaking my fast then, and I'm having their ginger green and or their matcha green fasting tea if I wanna go a little bit longer to my fast. And in the evening, I have their caffeine-free cinnamon herbal fasting tea, so good. Peak is extending a limited time offer just for my audience. Get 5% off and a free pouch. It comes with 20 premium samples. You can try them all when you purchase a bundle. Head on over to peaklife.com slash willcole and use code willcole for an extra 5% off. You can even shop my curated fasting bundle. They made an intuitive fasting bundle. Uh, when the book came out and you can still get it. There's a reason Peak has over 15,000 five-star reviews. Try for yourself risk-free for their 30-day satisfaction guarantee. You either love it or you get your money back. That's peaklife.com. That's spelled P-I-Q-U-E-L-I-F-E.com slash Will Cole. Use code Will Cole for a limited time gift and 5% off. What's up, my wine people? It's Helen Johannesson bringing my podcast, Wine Face, back, y'all. A podcast that is going to break down the ins and outs of wines. I am a sommelier, aka wine expert. I have killer new tips, tricks, do's, don'ts, all of the stuff that you need to be armed for your next dinner party. Wine Face drops every Thursday. So tune in. Cheers. What are some high FODMAP foods? Oh, these are the ones no one wants to hear because these are the typically the ones everybody likes. Garlic, onion, beets, cauliflower, mushrooms, cabbage. Those are some vegetables. So a lot of times what happens are people, they're like, I'm eating all of these vegetables and I don't understand why I'm not feeling good. And I look at what they're eating every day and I'm like, well, you had asparagus, artichoke, cauliflower for lunch, and then you had mushrooms and onions for dinner and you're bloated and you feel, you tell me you look nine months pregnant. Well, that can be due to these fermentable sugars that are found in these. So those are some of the vegetables, the more common ones, garlic and onion being typically the most biggest issue that yeah, I see Yeah, that's with the people. one that's the most reactive. It's yes. like the atomic bombs of the FODMAP family. Yeah. And it exists on the spectrum. There's higher FODMAPs and moderate FODMAPs, but what mm-hmm. are some high FODMAP fruits? Well, this is, again, no one wants to hear these things. Avocados, <laughs> apples, blackberries, avocados, apricots, apples, peaches, pears, love a good pear, prunes. People think they're going to help with their gut dysfunction, help with bowel movements. They eat a ton of prunes. They don't understand why they're bloated and in pain. Watermelon, it's been watermelon is a big one I see with patients a lot of the times too. And even dried fruit like raisins. Yeah. And bananas, just to classify this, it's, it's a little bit of a gray area yes. because green bananas are lower FODMAP, but ripe bananas are higher in fructose. So technically speaking, ripe bananas can should be looked at, but it's not all or nothing. I think this yes. is a bigger point too. Monash University has done the most research in this space. We really integrate a lot of their protocols and data within patients' protocols as well. They have an app for people to be mindful of their FODMAP amount, because sometimes you can have low amounts of some of these mm-hmm. moderate ma- moderate FODMAP foods, depends on what you're having throughout the day, and have no problem. And every f- FODMAP intolerance slash SIBO case is going to be different. Some people can tolerate yeah. moderate FODMAP foods to fu- fine. So we're not making any broad sweeping statements here, and we certainly mm-hmm. don't want people to 
unnecessarily take these out because they have a lot of benefits. Yeah. My goal would be to heal of what's driving the 5-MEP intolerance in the first place you can bring these foods back in. But in the short term, sometimes being cognizant of the 5-MEP content you're having and to restore the gut, to starve down some of this bacterial overgrowth, you're not always feeding it, is a part of your healing journey. So what are some things that we would do? What are some from the physical side of things? Enzymes would be one of them, yeah. right? Enzymes would be one. And also we would do probiotics. Soil-based probiotics tend to work better with people who have SIBO. Mm. We have different ones that we use depending upon what the labs show. If it's more methane dominant or more hydrogen dominant, like Dr. Cole had mentioned, there's a couple different great soil-based probiotics. They tend to feed into those bacteria feed in less than the back to those bacterial colonies that are more overgrowth that you typically mm -hmm. see with your standard like lactobacillus type of probiotic. Not that those are bad. Again, this can be really great for some people, but for people with SIBO, they tend to do better with the soil-based. Mm -hmm. Digestive enzymes are one. It, those run the gamut too. I mean, there's so many different yeah. digestive enzymes that can work. The ones that I, I've seen the most data around for, for FODMAP intolerance, specifically fructin hydrolysis is one of them. It's an enzyme that binds specifically to fructans and breaks down to simply eat, basically digest fructose and glucose molecules, which are part of that FODMAP. Fermentable oligosaccharides, yeah. disaccharides, monosaccharides, all polyols. the saccharides. Yeah. <laughs> Alpha-galactosidase is another enzyme that binds specifically to galacto-oligosaccharides, one, one of the things, and breaks them down to basically make it more digestible. So things like galactose, fructose, glucose monodal, uh, molecules, and lactase, which breaks down lactose. So dairy is another one. We should mention that. Yes. It's not just fruits and vegetables. Dairy is higher FODMAP as well. So these are things that we want to be mindful of um, while you're healing. Digestive enzymes, probiotics, looking at the prebiotic content, because Andrea mentioned the soil-based kind being better, some other types of probiotics can have prebiotics, which are needed for your microbiome, but maybe feeding the overgrowth for a time. Yes. So you may want to be mindful of the amount of fiber and prebiotic things, not to say that you can't have it at all, but to tolerance and be cognizant of maybe not having it for a time. And then antimicrobials, obviously, are obviously there's pharmaceuticals, a lot of studies looking at rifaximin yeah, being a component to healing SIBO. We find that a lot of natural herbal antimicrobials are very effective and more sustainable. And the chance of reoccurrence or a SIBO flare-up is we have such great success with people not having SIBO flare-ups that I it's I think of it as almost like a, a pruning of the microbiome and less of an atomic bomb like a, a pharmaceutical <laughs> antibiotic. Because it's we shouldn't demonize these bacteria either. SIBO is not pathogenic bacteria. It is good bacteria that's just overgrowing. So we want to be supportive of a healthy microbiome and get that MMC, that migrating motor complex going, get the nervous system going so your body can regulate these things itself. But there is a place sometimes for, for pharmaceutical antibiotics, and there's also a place for herbal antimicrobials too, like cat's claw, oregano, pal de arco, even garlic extract is, is something that's used a lot. And Garlic point, extract, to be clear on this, garlic yeah. is higher FODMAP, but allicin, yes. which is a compound in garlic, doesn't have the sugars in it. So a lot of times mm -hmm. people are nervous when they see allicin, which <laughs> has right. a lot of cool data. And they're like, why? You told me I can't have garlic right now while I'm healing my SIBO. Why are you giving me allicin, which is a compound from garlic? Well, it's just the 
antimicrobial component of garlic without the actual fermentable sugars. Absolutely. And I get that quite frequently. You're Nature's correct. funny that way. It is. And I would like to say that to a point with your with the antibiotic use, it, we are not anti-medication. If it gets your head above water, if it has a time and a place and it's appropriate. But like Dr. Cole said, you're essentially going in and you're killing everything off, which then allows for bad bacteria to thrive even more frequently. Things like after. H. pylori. Yes. And that's going to contribute to that. So these natural antimicrobial approach is exactly what Dr. Cole said. It's a pruning. It's not going in there and wiping everything out. It's allowing for more balance. And you typically are going to use things that are more geared towards the type of bacteria you're seeing, like the cat's claw, like the oregano oil, like the pal de arco. Those are going, especially blends of those mm -hmm. can be very good because then you're not being too myopic and focusing on just one antimicrobial and its specific properties, but the general. And a lot of times these are overlaid with other anti-inflammatories as well yeah. to help with the body's rebalancing and natural gut support as well too. So we rotate a lot of these antimicrobials because certain colonies will be better with one versus the other. So we definitely have a rotation support. We'll oftentimes bring binders in here. We'll bring anti uh, biofilm disruptors too to help clear this stuff out appropriately and prevent reoccurrence. A lot of people ask me, if I don't have a functional medicine doctor, what are some direct-to-consumer labs that I can get to learn about my health? And so whether you have a functional medicine doctor or not, I actually love seeing this data during a consultation and initial consultation as well. But I want to democratize health information, people having agency over their health. And Inside Tracker is really helping this cause. People age at different speeds and the date on your license honestly may not represent your inner biological age at all. We're talking about health span. If you're looking for ways to extend your health span and slow down the accelerated aging process, the keys to health and longevity run in your blood. That's why Inside Tracker provides you with a personalized plan to improve your metabolism, reduce your stress, improve your sleep, and optimize your health for the long haul. It was created by leading scientists in aging, genetics, and biometrics. Inside Tracker analyzes your blood, your DNA, and fitness tracking data to identify where you're optimized and where you're not. You'll get a daily action plan with personalized guidance. You'll know exactly what exercise is right for your body, the right nutrition for your body and foods to focus on, and what supplements you, you should be taking based on your labs. You can add what they call Inner Age 2.0, you can actually see how you're aging from the inside out. It's pretty shocking. For a limited time, get 20% off the entire Inside Tracker store. Just go to insidetracker.com forward slash art of being well. That's insidetracker.com forward slash art of being well. Or you can use code WillCole at checkout to get 20% off the entire Inside Tracker store. Man, I've been loving. BTR Nation's snacks, they are so freaking good. BTR Nation is on a mission to reimagine snack time. They make functional snacks with no added sugar. They have plant-based superfoods and adaptogens and seriously clean ingredients. Protein bars are just the beginning and they just launched their brand new nut butter cups. So good, you have to try these. Their superfood bars are packed with healthy fats so they actually fill you up for hours. You don't get the sugar crashes. Very satiating and delicious with only two to three grams of total sugar per bar. No sugar crashes or cravings again. The best part is that each bar contains purpose-driven ingredients. Their cinnamon cookie dough energy bar is boosted with organic maca and cordyceps, which are amazing science-backed adaptogens. 
and tastes like a snickerdoodle. No joke, you have to try this. The founder, Ashley, started BTR Nation after her parents passed away from rare forms of cancer. She became frustrated with hospital vending machine snacks. I mean, freaking messed up if you ask me. So she started creating healthier versions of her parents' favorite snacks. Years later, she turned her recipes into a way to honor her parents and help change our broken food system. BTR actually stands for to be bold, tenacious, and resilient, which were her parents' personal mantra. Beautiful. You're supporting an amazing company with such a a beautiful ethos about them. You can use code WillCole at checkout for 20% off your first purchase plus free shipping at btrnation.com. That's the letter B-T-R. So B-T-R-N-A-T-I-O-N, btrnation.com. Use code WillCole at checkout for 20% off your first purchase plus free shipping. Another tool food-wise that we don't use for everybody, certainly, but for some people, and there's some compelling data around it, it are elemental diets. Yeah. A one study found that out of 93 IBS patients with SIBO, just 15 days of an elemental diet resulted in normal SIBO breath tests for 80% of patients. So there's a lot of really cool evidence that not just in the in the research, but also what we've seen clinically for people that have really resistant FODMAP intolerance, SIBO, bloating, IBS symptoms. Elemental diet, basically it's a powder that has all the nutrition you need for a period of time, amino acids, sugars, fats, vitamins, minerals, and you're basically only having, not basically, you are only having this yeah. powder that tastes kind of like a milkshake. I say vanilla, not, vanilla yeah. milkshake, watered down, almost like vanilla milk. Yeah. And I wouldn't even say a milkshake because it's not thick. It's like vanilla milk. You're get, basically giving your gut as little a reason to be pissed off as possible, easy to be digested, taking all the work out for it. It's just bioavailable, absorbing, so your gut can work on healing. And they basically starve bacteria because you're not feeding it all these fermentable sugars and you're relatively low carb. So that's why the low carb approach, and let me say this, low carb, for someone that's eating a ketogenic diet, an elemental diet actually will be more carbs than they're used to having. But it's just not irritating to people that have SIBO, most cases. So it's a way for a repairing process to happen and really a resetting of the gut microbiome. And again, to use that pruning analogy during the SIBO to calm down. And inflammation will be calmed down and repairing process will happen too. Again, not for a lot of people. I I would say intermittently we use elemental diet, not everybody. But when the case arises where we've tried other things and it's not moving the needle. We want to avoid plateau. We want to serve these people. And we have lots of tools within our toolbox in functional medicine. Elemental diet is one of them. And we would organize that protocol for them. But then there are other, like a carnivore diet can be another tool to as almost like an ultimate elimination diet. It's really taking plant fibers out entirely. There's really no fermentable sugars at all. That can also help starve down some of these bacterial overgrowths that are, it's well-formulated nutrient-dense and only for a time. We're actively healing the SIBO simultaneously so we can work on reintroduction of foods long-term. Yeah, and that's the whole point too, is that there isn't a one approach 
fits all. And that's the nice thing. You can try going low FODMAP. You can try Mm -hmm. having those things in moderation. You can try eliminating them entirely. You can do the carnivore diet. You can do the elemental diet. All of these have had success with different patients depending on their own personal journey. I think something that we could also, and we'll definitely, Candace, have to circle back into this, especially with things like the elemental and the carnivore diet and eliminating these foods, is the mindfulness that we can associate with these these periods of time. And that it's not just the fact that we're doing this for the bacteria, but how are we using this to support the healing of your body? And, you know, if you don't want to go extreme, if you're like garlic's life, like what do I do without garlic? I mean, there are things that we even have patients do where you cook the garlic in some avocado oil or some ghee and you then you remove the garlic and then you use that to flavor your foods and you're removing some of the fermentable sugars that are going to cause issues. So don't enter into this thinking, Dr. Cole told me I have to do drink vanilla milk for the next 14 <laughs> days and then I'll feel better. And it's like, well, first off, we told you dairy could be an issue. So it's not actual milk that you're drinking. (laughs) We're really just assessing where, how severe is this and what does this look like and Mm -hmm. how can we bring the greatest amount of relief symptomatic wise while the body is healing. So diet is one, supplemental is one, whether that's anything from digestive enzymes to probiotics to shifting what you're currently doing because you could be doing really great things, but maybe they're not great for you. Yeah. Yeah. So that's all the physical stuff. This is a big, we see a lot of SIBO cases. So this is obviously a big conversation. So we try to stay as focused as possible. But the mental side of it, how mental health impacts physical health. And I said, a lot of people will tell me, well, I don't know what came first, like my stressful life event, my trauma or my gut issues, because there's a lot of studies looking at things like IBS, which is driven by SIBO, which has FODMAP intolerance implicated in it and anxiety and, and mood disorders and stress. So What's going on and what are some things we can do on the mental health side, Candice? Yeah, I'm definitely hearing that the foods of my heritage are not a match for my <laughs> generational trauma, you know, which I think is true for so much of us, so Get many of us. Get in line. Right? I'm like, oh man, but it, it's such a mismatch. But it brings us back to trauma. And I'd like to talk about that a little bit because the definition of, you know, trauma, and there's different definitions. We are still in the infancy, I think, scientifically of really understanding all of the different dynamics of how trauma works, how it impacts us. But that doesn't mean that we don't understand it on the human level very deeply. And so trauma is really any experience that rewires your response. So people will ask, patients will say, well, how do I know if I have trauma? Chances are you you have because we, our body and mind are shapeable experience sorters. That's essential for survival. We need to be able to adapt to our conditions Mm -hmm. and the nervous system plays a huge role in that, right? So trauma, if you look at it through the lens and as any experience, so I would, I'm starting to in practice, try to move away from the word trauma even just as a reactionary, just a slight adjustment because I think there's so much baggage associated with trauma for people and the word and it's a judgment word. So I look at it as any experience that rewires your response. And this can be those chronic things that happen like long-term stress. That's going to impact the way your nervous system responds to things, the way it processes the um, foods that you eat. So we we see that chicken and the egg component, Mm -hmm. but also those acute stressors, those major capital T things that people have gone through. And everyone is on a different path here. So I want to, you know, really preface this and say like these, this is not a light subject. 
and that that's okay, you know, if you even hearing us talk about this are a little bit triggered by the by the conversation, that's okay too. But just having an understanding that at its basis, trauma rewires us, reshapes us. And so the practice that I brought for Andrea today, that'd be me, is all about widening the tolerance window, right? Because you talked about the FODMAPs really being an intolerance issue. It's not so much you know, driven by that immune reaction. Mm-hmm. We, just like stress and things in our life, we are able to approach those same triggers with a different lens when we're able to process and work through our trauma and rewire the brain. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. So the, so the practice that I brought for you, Andrea, to do is rooted in all of that. And it's, Okay, I'm ready. Yeah. So the first thing I want you to do, Andrea, is, you know, you can close your eyes and I'm going to be very, I'm going to prompt Andrea because I know that as her friend, I know that she needs that additional support and I'm putting her on the spot <laughs> and then that I've, I've basically increased her stress right now. And then I'm like, okay, we're going to do this de-stress. So I'm going to have you close your eyes. You can even turn your chair away from us if you'd like. I'm good. I um, got this. I'm very guarding Andrea's experience. So you're just going to close your eyes, take those few centering breaths. Do you feel your feet on the floor? I'm a little short. So my feet dangle. <laughs> so I've, I've propped them up, but they, okay. they, are, they, are, they feel firm. Relax your tongue. Relax the muscles in your face if you can. I think that's helpful for you. And you are just going to scan your body. So you're going to go top to bottom. Bottom to top doesn't matter. Out to in, Andrea. And just sort of feel your body right now. And you're, you're scanning for tension. You're scanning for maybe pain. You're scanning for ease. Just kind of check in where you are in this moment. And then as you noticed areas of tension, tightness, also take a moment and see if you can notice a place in your body that is completely at ease. It might be an earlobe, a pinky finger, the tip of your nose, somewhere that is just total relaxation, total ease, just a a contrast to the places in your system that have tension. And what we're going to do with this practice, it's, this is a practice called pendulation and it's a, a, an attention focused, you're shifting your attention back and forth from the place of ease to the place of tension. And all you're doing here is just noticing what that experience is like. And if you're practicing anything, if this is new to you, really trying to release any story around pain, tension, whatever's in your body right now, and just let it be, give it a place. So Andrea, I'm going to have you go back just for a moment and go to the place in your body where you felt tension, stress, maybe a little bit of pain and sit there with it for a minute, observe it. At this point you could feel, does it have a shape? Does it have a color? Does it have a a texture? And then you stay with that area for a moment and then you shift and move to the area that you chose that is in total ease and you feel what it's like to be there in that space. Is it the tip of your nose? You're just feeling all of the sensation, wherever that is in your body. And then you are feeling the sensation of ease and peace that's there. And then you can go back to the area of tension observe it again. And then if we were continuing this practice, she would then go back to the area of ease. 
At the end, you can close with a full body scan. You can close with some deep breaths. I like to rub my hands together to bring myself back into a space. You can, as you, you know, come out of a, a mindfulness practice, I like to look down and just really give myself lots of time to come in and out of these practices. So those are my, that's, so that's pendulation in a nutshell. The holidays are among us and people are looking for, you know, the meal prep and they're planning what they're going to do. And many people ask me on social media, patients certainly ask, where can they get some good quality food to feed themselves and the ones that they love? And a place that I've loved for years is ButcherBox. They have it's a delicious free-range turkey and so much more without antibiotics or added hormones. ButcherBox takes the guesswork out of finding high-quality meat and seafood you can trust. 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, turkey, pork-raised, crate-free, and wild-caught seafood. It's humanely raised, no antibiotics, no hormones added. Get just what you delivered right to your doorstep. Free shipping for the continental United States and no surprise fees. You can choose from a variety of different box plan options from curated to customized and change your plan whenever you want. Enjoy a range of high quality cuts that are hard to come by at the grocery store at an amazing value. Exclusive member deals you can save big on your favorite cuts. They give you recipe inspiration, guides, tips, tricks, hacks, so you can cook up mouth-watering meals. I've loved use ButcherBox for years. You all know, if they're a sponsor on the podcast, I say this all the time, I use it in my life. I recommend it to patients or both. This is definitely a both. The main course for Thanksgiving dinner can sometimes be a main source of stress. Not anymore. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free turkey with their first order. Yes, a free turkey. All you have to do is sign up today at butcherbox.com slash willcole and use code willcole to get one 10 to 14 pound turkey completely free in your first box. That's butcherbox.com slash willcole. Use code willcole to claim this amazing deal. Do you want to share what that experience was like for you? Yeah, absolutely. And I've actually, this was cool because I've been working on this. It's the present body awareness. And I definitely am very quick to pick up on where the tension is at at first, but I'm not, it's harder for me to find the place of relaxation in my body. For me, it typically is my hands. And so that's something that I'm able to focus on. But through hearing you guide me through the tension to the actual hand, I noticed that it was harder to find the tension to go search back for it because I had found the place of calm and my body was communicating that both could be at the same place. So even through that short exercise, I could feel the tension behind Mine tends to be carried in my eyes or in the top of my head. And so that's something that I can actually, I felt ease just in that short period of time. Yeah, that's really great. And that's what the hope is here. And it's getting back in touch with your body so that you can over time decide what am I removing from my life? You know, in terms of stress, as you get better at this and you really are able to tune in, you're able to sort, and we see this with patients all the time, they start a healing journey, but how many people have you encountered that they make major life shifts? They realize this job does not suit me. This, you know, how I've been dealing with my relationship with my family or my children or so many other, they start to change those things. This is an outpouring of a changing of tolerance and really being in touch with who you are. Well, you think it's almost, you think as somebody, I think of the symbolism of the microbiome pruning itself and the microbiome having boundaries. 
Yes. And it's like as above, so below, like their, their external imbalances are happening. They're being healed as well. They're being rectified and remedied as well. So yeah, it's, it's definitely true. Things that didn't, they don't find out it doesn't serve them. And when they start feeling so good, it's like, no, I am, you're out of alignment where I, where I am. Even, where I'm going. even with foods, that's a great point. Yes. Is that is this food serving me? I enjoy this. I want to bring this back in my life at some point in time, but does it serve me right now and right here? And that's why we can make those shifts and having that mental awareness and consciousness is good. Yeah. And to a little bit of a larger picture, and you know, I talked a little bit about trauma. The last thing I would want to say about that is just like acute experiences are able to reshape us you know, almost on a dime, our, our nervous system's like, okay, that was impactful. We're going to change. Mm-hmm. Other healthy experiences can change us too. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. Like if trauma exists, it, it represents the immeasurable neuroplasticity that we have. And as science goes deeper and deeper with neuroplasticity, they're like, oh my, we are shapeable over our whole lifetime. There was a time yeah. when they thought, you know, the brain hardened at a certain point yeah. that is like long gone. So we understand that. But just as a side note, you know, some practices that in what in Western culture, we've taken out group dancing, music experiences, just music making, spiritual activities. These are all things that actually rewire us for the good. And that's some of the Mm -hmm. reasons that I personally believe, this is an opinion, that some of these psychedelics, we're seeing the healing impact is because Mm -hmm. it's able to have almost like an acute experience that Mm -hmm. the body, the nervous system responds to and says, okay, here's my new change. And then the body is freaking amazing because it just acts that out over our lifetime. It re- almost a, a hardwiring reset. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. that's what trauma does in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Beautiful conversation, my friends. Love this. If you want to learn more about our clinical work, the telehealth center, these things that we talked about in today's episode are things we integrate into patients' lives. You can check it all out at drwillcole.com. Just head on over to the Become a Patient consultation page. And before we go, we are going to have a beautiful conversation with one of our patients. Samantha, thanks for coming on the podcast and sharing your journey. Yes, anytime. Thanks for having me. We started talking before we started recording. I mentioned the purpose and the intention that I have for these conversations with people that I've got the chance to be a part of their health journey, patients of mine. The intention behind this is I've seen over the years People be very isolated when they're going through a chronic health problem. And it could look different. You know, everybody's journey is different, but things like autoimmune conditions and different inflammatory problems or hormonal problems or fatigue on the outside, people look quote unquote normal and their friends and family and community don't really know what it takes just to get through the day. So I really want to shed light on that and just give people hope and see the other side of the seemingly impossible. And there's studies that show that sharing stories can actually metabolize trauma. Sharing stories can actually metabolize stress and anxiety and overwhelm when it comes to where do I even start when to feel better? So thank you for taking the time out and sharing your journey. Can you take, take us back to when we first met? What were you going through? What did your life look like? Well, I'm, I'm really glad that I have the opportunity to share this. I think about it often and I agree. I think it's it can be very isolating, very scary, very confusing and that's exactly where I was when I first when I first 
started working with you uh, right before that, I had reached the bottom of the barrel with my health journey, or at least my definition of it. And I didn't know what was going on with my body. My gut was telling me that there was something seriously wrong. All of my hair had recently fallen out and I had really long hair. It fell out in a matter of like four weeks, it, it like just in chunks. And my body was attacking itself. That's, that's what I felt. And every time I would eat food, actually, no matter what the food was, whether it was healthy or good for my system or whatever it was, my body would just start reacting. It would, I would have hives everywhere. I had hundreds of little bumps all over my face. I could share pictures with you. I don't think I've ever actually shown you all the pictures. It was crazy. It did not feel normal. It did not feel okay. And it was very isolating. I didn't want to leave the house. I kind of felt like I looked like I had chicken pox once or twice a month based on whenever my body wanted to react or respond that way. The inflammation was crazy. The exhaustion was crazy. And I just felt very alone. It was really hard to relate to, or it was really hard for people to relate to me, for me to even talk to my friends and family because nobody really knew what was going on and nobody really knew how to help me or support me through that. So it was very, very dismantling. Like I I just felt very alone. Definitely my definition of rock bottom. It was scary. There was times, multiple times that I thought that I was going to die. I reached out to you because I was like, there's something wrong. And you were the best person, the first person, the only person that I thought of where I was like, he's going to know what to do. I was certain. Thank you. And I take that extremely seriously. It is such a heavy in the best of ways, but it's just a sacred, I guess, is a better way of putting it. Responsibility when I think of the gravity of what someone like you and people that I spend time with, what they're going through and thinking of just what I do is I put myself in your shoes. I put myself in your life and, and, and what, how would I feel like what, how would I want to be treated? What, what's that like to go through it? And that never eludes me like to realize the gravity of what you're coming into this interaction with. Can you, I always, and I, I maybe I've been, I've been doing telehealth for so long that sometimes it's hard for me to, I don't really even think about it much, but since we're talking, what was your initial reaction to, okay, I'm going to talk to somebody across the country that I've never met in person. Was that weird for you as the person that's going through this health issue? What was your initial thoughts there? That's a great question. So it didn't feel weird at all to me. I followed you for quite a while, a couple years and was learning from you. And I felt like I knew you. Mm -hmm. Uh, and for me, I mean, I also do a lot of things virtually online with my Mm -hmm. business and I work with people and I love it. I think it is just as good as being with someone in person, if not better to me, at least Mm -hmm. being able to be in the comfort of my own home and just be able to come and talk to you. I have felt nothing but warm, welcome, support, love, care, respect. I feel I have felt heard and seen and cared for this entire time. So nothing was really weird at all. Zero. From the moment that I did my initial call all the way till now, 
uh, I feel like I've just, we've been present with each other the whole time. Yeah, it's been a great journey. It's been an honor. So you're up against this really difficult time when we first met. And I'll say like, without sharing too much about your person, I'll let you share what you want to share. But your journey wasn't easy. So I don't want to sugarcoat this. Like you, we just develop and design protocols based off of health history, clinical experience, labs, oftentimes, you've done all done it all. My clinical opinion when we first met was, okay, you're, we started one way and then we had to dig a bit deeper. We did some more, what I would call advanced protocols when it comes to food changes and supplement changes. And we had to redesign a lot of stuff to avoid flare-ups. So can you talk about that moment? Because I never saw you waver. Like you really had your, I mean, we've never talked about this, but it seems like your why and your determination was really big. Uh, what was that like? Was it difficult? Was it not? What was that experience like? Yeah. Um, well, you're you're very correct. My journey definitely has not been easy. Uh, it didn't just come out of nowhere. When I was 23, right after I had my first baby, I got diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. I was already experiencing signs and symptoms before I was even pregnant. So at about 20 and 21, um, I went blind. Between 20 and 22, I went blind three times, lost my vision fully. First, it was like one eye, then it was the other. My eyes got stuck cross-eyed at one point for a solid three weeks. As a young person, I, I was very scary and confusing and I had a baby and then I got the diagnosis and there was lesions on the brain and all these things that I had to really absorb. And, and it was a pill that I had to swallow back then. That's how I looked at it. But I, but I, I just, it was a part of my life. So when I started experiencing these other things, like the inflammation, like the skin conditions, like the gut challenges, my hair falling out, the way that I felt, I knew something was serious. And my gut told me that it was something autoimmune related, which is you've helped me fully understand and define and, and identify what it is and how to understand it and how to label it and stuff like that. But my body was just shutting down. And I'm a single mom. I've got two kids. My why and my purpose and my everything is being here, being healthy for my kids, as well as my mindset always goes to, I want to show them that anybody can overcome and accomplish anything that they put their mind to no matter what, because my kids have seen it all. I went through a domestic violence challenge in the past, you know, the my children's father isn't really in the picture. So there was a lot. And that's actually what kept me going is being that for them, showing them that through all this, that things happen to people, um, things happen for people, things happen for you, but it's all within you to overcome that. And we talked a lot about mindset. I involved my kids a lot in uh, personal development and mindset work and stuff. And even through this, when I was on calls with you and your team, they heard a lot of it. You know, I, I think it's so important to set that example for, for your kids. And even if you don't have kids, it's really just setting that example for yourself. Um, I, I 
failure wasn't an option. It's not an option, right? Me dying wasn't an option. Although my mind went there a couple of times for the first time in my whole life, I've never thought that. I knew that if I didn't take this serious, that my body wasn't going to go in any other direction, but down. I, I, that's why I didn't waver. I did not care what I had to do. It was my pleasure to follow a more strict protocol or to do this. Or the fact that I had somebody to go to and ask these questions to, like, I loved the calls and everything. I treated that as my personal time to really figure out what was going on and take the directive and learn and grow. So it's been quite a journey. (laughs) It has been. I just want to unpack a few things there because you, that is like pure light, the things you've said and truths that I feel like speak to the human spirit and just studying people and like over the past 12 years and seeing just about every walk of life you can think of. You mentioned being a single mom, a single working mom, a very busy human being. And I hear, you know, people say sometimes, you know, I, oh, it's functional medicine's just for the wealthy and the famous, or, you know, it's, I'm too busy for, for this. You know, if you, if I just was like independently wealthy, I could just focus on my health, but you don't understand. I, it's people like you that really, sh- that's my people. Those are the people that are, their why is bigger than their excuses. And you had every reason in the book to say why, like, I can't do something. And it's that tenacious human spirit that is really the impetus to your healing, in my opinion. Like, we gave you the tools and we led the way and we collaborated with you. But ultimately, your why and your mindset is a powerful fuel to to healing. Um, So I just want to give you accolades when it comes to that, because it is beautiful to see. Thank you. It's crazy because again, there's been times in my life where I couldn't even get words out of my mouth, right? There were times where my MS had hit rock bottom and I couldn't talk. I couldn't feel my legs. Like the words were here, but they weren't here there. I have Mm -hmm. experienced so many crazy different things with, with my body, but just being able, like you said, it is all within me. And it is all within you, whoever is listening to this. Everything is within you. And you mentioned right at the beginning when you said you wanted to unpack this more, I by no means was in any financial situation to say, hey, I'm going to one, reach out to this functional medicine doctor that I've been following online. Actually, what I will share is the story I told myself at first, and I said this out loud to my parents, I don't think I could ever work with this guy. Like there's no way he works with all these people and he it's probably like a hundred million thousand trillion dollars. <laughs> there's no way. I, I I these were the stories that I initially told myself. I was like, I'll just follow his Instagram and I'll figure this out on my own. And it was actually uh my mom and my dad who were like, No, you need to talk to him, you need to work with him. What do you mean? Like, you know what I mean? They had to really check me. And what I found was, oh gosh, I could go so deep into so many areas of this. What I found was I, I learned a lot through this. I actually put more time and energy in the past and financials into things that might not have actually served my future, my life. But when it came down to my health, it took me a minute to say, 
actually, this is the most important thing. You know, I'll, I'll spend money on traveling and my children and birthday parties and Disney and whatever, but my health, if that's not there, none of it is right. So when I looked at it, I came in and I was like, oh my gosh, this is actually totally doable. You know, I, I just made a way I, you find a way you make a way. There's always a way. Um, and functional medicine for me, I have always loved anything that is all natural, avoiding loading up on a bunch of medications to cover the cover, the cover, the band-aid, the cover, the, the symptoms, but not actually focus on the underlying challenge. That's actually what excites me the most about working with you and the success that I found because it was through supplementation, nutrition, and mindset. I mm-hmm. overcame all of this. I say this regularly. Like, can you believe that I got through all of that and I am where I am today and I feel the way that I feel through supplementation and nutrition? Like, like I knew, but just experiencing it and having it for myself, it's just, it's so powerful. I have full, full body goosebumps when I think about it. I talk about it all the time. It's, it's so important and it's so powerful. You don't know what you don't know until you know it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, amen to that. Yeah, and I got to ch- I had the chance to meet your dad on one of our last calls. We went over your labs. It's so cool to see like the family behind it, the support system behind it, and the fact yeah. that. And I remember you mentioning that to me, like, "Oh, I could never work with him." But the reality is, that's the weirdness of so- of social media. I think, right? It's just like this is all that I do, right? Of course, I can work with you. Right? Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So, can you go? Like just where where are you at now? Where are you at now? Tell I mean people that aren't able to see this, they're listening to this on, on on a podcast. But where you have this beautiful, you, your beautiful hair has grow growing back. Your health. I don't want to speak for you. You you tell us what's going on. Okay, so I love my hair. By the way, I had to completely shave it right before I met you. So I was very vulnerable at that time with my, it was very hard for me. It was very, very interesting experience having to shave your head and it's grown back now beautifully. Like I cut it every three weeks now. And I actually don't know if I ever want long hair again. I, really like it. <laughs> I love it. I love Thank it. I, I love it. And I feel alive. I feel alive. I, everybody notices, everybody notices my skin is good. I don't get, I don't have any skin challenges unless I do something that's off my protocol. Now I will yes, say we know that, that. <laughs> I, I have dipped my toe back in the water a few <laughs> times. Like, Oh yeah, that does not work for me. But yeah. you being, know, now, you know, your you know, your center. Yes. And that I, I, I didn't even have a center before. Yeah. You uh, built a center. Now, you know, the center. Yeah. Yes. Oh my gosh. So that's huge for me. I feel more confident going places. I know what I can and can't eat. I know what I can and can't do. I think it's so important for people to know that your level of certainty in whatever you do is very important. A person who's 100% certain will never settle for anything less than that. But when you're Mm. uncertain, even 1% uncertainty will create almost like a self-sabotage because you don't Mm -hmm. really know where to go. You're not actively taking one step forward with confidence. And that's where I was. I had zero confidence because I didn't know what was happening. 
Now I am so certain, like when I go to restaurants, I know what I can and can't eat. I know what I'm home. I know what I can and can't eat. I feel alive. When I look back at my pictures, even before I started having all of these like skin challenges and my hair, you could just see the down, the downward hill that I was on that I didn't even realize, like the like discoloration under my eyes and just the the texture of my skin, the texture of my hair even was changing far before, and I hadn't really picked up on it. So I truly feel that this was something that built up over time, and I just didn't know. Again, one of those things you don't know what you know until you don't know what you don't know until you know it. Like I didn't know. So now where I am, oh my gosh, I'm so certain. I'm 100% certain in every step that I take in my journey with my food, with my supplementation. I also 100% certain I know that, which I think is also very important, peace of mind. I'm 100% certain that I know if I ever need anything, I have someone, you. I have a group of people, your team. I have solutions. I have roadmaps. I have that. And I've never had that in the past. I, I don't know if anybody listening to this can relate to that, but deep down in my heart, I always wanted a doctor that could understand what I was going through. I've been passed around to 5 million different doctors of specialties of different types. And having someone like when I talk to you, I feel your certainty you know, from day one, you're like, oh yeah, I, 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 I know how to help you. I know what, what that is. I know what we can do. And to have that means the world to me. It's, it's, it's huge. So I feel great. I feel like I overcame some of the craziest things over the last year. But like, I feel like I just, like I climbed Mount Everest. Like I feel <laughs> so good. My goodness. You are, I mean, it is a, our joy, really. And I honestly see what you see a lot with people is that I feel like sometimes the healing on a, a certain level happens before we even do the protocols. Because when you hold space for somebody, that's mm-hmm. deeply cathartic. Mm-hmm. When you're knowing you're not alone and you're not crazy. And we're gonna we're gonna figure this out, and we're gonna we're gonna you don't have to do it all alone. Mm-hmm. That there's something deeply spiritually healing that impacts people's physical health that that you just touched on. That not everybody can articulate it like you have in this conversation. Really, has been special. I want to also highlight you are doing amazing things. Something that I use on a regular basis is exogenous ketones. So I would like to highlight and just give praise to your work and what you're doing on your own. Can you talk a little bit about that and what you do? And on your social media videos, by the way, like they're pinned on my TikTok because they freaking went viral. People, <laughs> your humor and the way you educate people on social media around what you do and your own health journey, you've been very vulnerable on social media. Um, but I just want to give you a chance to like share what you do and uh, yeah, where, where they can see all the stuff you're doing. Thank you. I appreciate that. I, I find joy in doing what I do. Um, I help people. I, I, I truly love to help people and I help people with their health journey. I help people step into their greatness. I help people really identify whole health mindset and, uh, stepping into their greatness, becoming a better version of themselves. And that looks a little bit different for everybody. So it's a very customized journey. 
And it's a lot of it is through exogenous ketones, supplementation, nutrition. So it's cool. And it was actually one of my challenges too, because I, I work with people every day and yeah. I'm helping people on their health journey. And yet the best coaches still need coaches. Oh, I, yes. I mean, I told, I don't know if I told you this before, but our top patient base profession-wise are people in the healthcare space. A lot of health coaches, a lot of doctors, a lot of nurses, a lot of nurse practitioners, a lot of surgeons. These are people that know their stuff, but it's tough to be the person that's going through it and also have to be your own doctor and figure it all out. So there's no, a lot of times people in that space feel like, oh my gosh, like, what am I doing? Like there's something wrong, but no, it's, you need someone outside of yourself. Like you said, there's no shame in that. It's not lack of knowing or erudition. It's just, let's come together and bring, let someone see objectively where we need to go. Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly how it was. And it helped me a lot. It helped me with my mindset and it helped me help other people. I learned so much through this too, that have, that has helped me help my clients. So many people that I work with now follow you, have bought your books, listen to your podcast. I recommend so many of the things that you've integrated into my life has now been passed down and integrated into their life as well. So you're truly making a footprint, leaving a fingerprint or whatever the saying is in so many people's lives directly and indirectly. So, um, I, I mean, I appreciate you so much, so, so much. Uh, you're, you've totally changed my life. My friend, thank you so much. It's a joy to get to know you, the entire team adores you. And just, you're like, they love you. And we all oh, do I here. Love I love all of you guys. Seriously, <laughs> you guys are awesome. Where can people find you on social media, Instagram, TikTok, all the places? Yeah, so I'm on like every platform. Instagram is samantharose.keto. TikTok is samantharoseketo. Uh, you can check out my website. It's ketoishnutrition.com actually. So uh, yeah, you can find me all over the internet. If you type in Samantha Rose Keto, I will pop up like everywhere. <laughs> Again, just to repeat myself real fast. When we first, first, first met, there's this like iconic Insta TikTok that you <laughs> tagged me in. And I was like, kind of like not even fairly paying attention to TikTok. I didn't really know how to use it. I've gotten a little bit better since then. But you, you eating your final meal as if you were on death row <laughs> morbidly, that like, uh, it was funny. Like, did you feel like you probably got so much feedback from that video? I did. You know, I, I did because I was sharing my journey leading up to it too. So people were already following the fact that I was about to start a protocol. And I, I kind of did feel like I, I was like, oh my gosh, this is my last meal. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> I've heard that before. Yeah. There's <laughs> a lot of uncertainty. Reality, I'm like, oh, my life's going to change. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's how I thought. My mind went there for a little period of time. And it's funny because before I posted it, I was like, oh gosh, I hope he understands my, my sense of humor and my sarcasm. I got it. I, I have a, I'm the same way. I have the same sarcastic sense of humor. So I loved it. It was amazing. Yeah. That's awesome. I, it, it's, it's been a journey and by no means, I just have to throw this out there. By no means did I feel like my food or anything was taken away from me. I didn't feel limited. I didn't feel like I was on death row. I felt incredible the whole time. I felt certain. And I think for me, that was the most important. So 
Yes. Well, thank you for sharing. I think there's a lot of myths around there and uncertainty. People just don't know. Like you said, you don't know what you don't know. But when you when you lean into it, you realize, oh, it's not that bad. And I feel, you know, the average human being, they want to feel better. So when you start feeling better, it's so encouraging. You want to keep doing the things that make you feel good. It's actually not punitive or restrictive or toxic diet culture at all because your body's showing you you're on the right path. So thanks for pointing that out. Oh my gosh. I talk about that all the time. I 100% agree. It is so much cooler, so much cooler to feel good and be healthy than the short little instant gratification you get from eating the foods that make you unhealthy. Not like healthy and unhealthy foods, but healthy for you. Such a night and day difference. So much cooler to feel good than be unhealthy. I promise. (laughs) Truth. Thank you. Thanks again for listening to The Art of Being Well. If you have a chance, please rate and review the podcast here. And if you like what you're hearing, hit follow and pass it along to a friend. To see more, head to drwillcole.com slash podcast. I'll be back every Monday and Thursday, and I hope you will too. Talk soon. note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services.